Promotional consideration paid for by the following. This episode of Wrestling with Sports is sponsored by Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's like blue in the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewables with the same FDA-approved ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know it works. You can take it any time of day or night, even on a full or empty stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as the pills, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If you could benefit from more confidence where it counts, Blue Chew is fast and easy, and it's the way to enhance your performance in bed. So why wouldn't you do it? Honestly, guys, Blue Chew is prescribed online by a licensed physician, so you don't have any awkward doctor's visits. And especially in the day of COVID, you don't have to be around people. And it ships right to your door in a very discreet package. They're made in the USA, so it's cheap. Blue Chew is direct. And the cheaper option, trust me, go to BlueChew.com. Right now, Wrestling With Sports has a deal for you just for our listeners. Go to BlueChew.com. Get your first shipment for free. Just use the promo code Dennis and pay $5 shipping. I know you paid $5 for much more. DoorDash, you pay $5.99 for a tip, for God's sakes. So trust me, the $5 is worth it. It helps the show out a lot. Again, BlueChew.com. Use the promo code Dennis. Try it for free. I promise you, you'll love it. I love it. Try it for free. $5 shipping and handling. Use the promo code Dennis. Episode 2 of The Great Debate, Jason Kindle versus Brett Boone. I cannot wait for this. I'm really excited. But Brett, before we get started, we have to congratulate Jason Kindle on a major accomplishment, Brett. He is now number 89th in the world in Angry Birds. What is Angry Birds? Uh, no, uh, I was 89. I, I dropped off a little bit. It, Angry Birds. You remember Angry Birds? The birds that boom. And, and they go and they, uh, 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 oh, dude, I was 40 something in the world at one point. Um, and you know, you, they have like little things and they knock the wood down and the, um, the, uh, pigs, the green pigs. <laughs> I, just I still play. To watch and I'm going to tell you what, at one point I was 40. And then, oh, 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 it's a, it's a game. It's a video game. Yeah. I had it on my phone. And at oh, one point oh, I was okay. 40. This is not the United States <laughs> of America, this is the world I was. And then uh, I, I looked at my thing today a little bit, and um, yeah, I, I was 89th yesterday. Now I'm like back up into the uh, nerd couple hundred. And I, nerd or not, I mean, 14 is 45. I'll ask my 15 year old son. He could probably shed. Some well, light. No, I don't care. You pop it on. I'm telling you what, you get addicted. But I mean, and this is why I have a Samsung phone still. And this is why I won't get an iPhone. And uh, uh, because and I know iPhone phones take better video and you can send an iphone video and stuff like that to, to but 
if I switch to an iPhone, I lose my ranking, dude. I can't lose my ranking. You're like the guy that I can't text from the plane on plane Wi-Fi because you have a Samsung. You're that guy. Oh, without a doubt, I am. Because of Angry Birds. All right. Because of of Angry Birds. So, I mean, to to everybody out there, yeah. Not that I have any friends or anything or too many people have my number, but that's why I have a Samsung is because if I go to Apple, I I can't. I'll lose my – I'll have to start all over (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this has been like a year and a half worth. Of, I mean, when I was at 40 ranking, it was unbelievable. Oh. I mean, in the world. I feel so much cooler now. So your top, if you're top 50 in anything in the world, it's pretty good. Right? I agree. Thanks, Boone. Great, Boone. All right. Great debate. We have four questions. A who would you rather have and a fan question. Are you guys ready Yes. Yes. You guys sound so excited. You guys, wow, man, this is, I feel the energy. It's going to be a great show. Brett Boone, you go first. First question is coming into the 2020 season, now that both leagues have a DH, is this a good idea or a bad idea? Uh, Okay. I think it's a very good idea. I think with so many rule changes in Major League Baseball, which I fancy myself being a purist, and I don't like a lot of the new rule changes. This I would welcome, and I think I think I like it. I, I, I think going forward in baseball, it's going to give you a chance to see guys that maybe you would have not been able to see. I understand the argument of the National League. It's always been a non-DH. It's a pitcher league. There's more strategy. I get that. It's 2020. It's more about entertainment. And I think adding the DH, you're going to see, you're not going to miss out on the David Ortiz's of the world that without a DH, or if he was in the National League, you would have missed out on that. I, I remember uh, playing against David in the early 2000s when he was a young player. And he was a, he was a guy that would play two days a week, maybe three days a week in Minnesota where he came up. That's what I was going to say. Known, he, he was kind of known as, Oh, this Ortiz guy, yeah, young player, uh, big power. But not really somebody to be reckoned with. You know, he might be in there, he might pinch hit, because uh, he really didn't have a position. Next thing you know, he goes to Boston and the rest is history. Probably going to go down as one of the greatest postseason players in the history of baseball. I think um, the Edgar Martinez's of the world, who's, you know, I'm pretty biased toward. Uh, after 98, Edgar physically couldn't play the field. But you got to watch Edgar Martinez finish out his career. And I, and I think the list goes on. Frank Thomas down the stretch. Albert Pujols. Uh, and, and guys, I, you know, I, I just think the DH, when the history, you know, 20 years from now, you can look back. And I think you would have missed a couple of the great offensive players um, because they didn't have a position. By adding the DH, you're going to get all that. And, and you're going to see some. You know, you're going to have some offensive, really, guys that impacted the game that you wouldn't wouldn't have got to see. Excellent call on the DH. 2020. Let's go forward. Jason, you know what? He just kind of stole my thunder when because he said 2020. Go for it. And um, I, I I will have to say I, I'm kind of boy. It's a coin toss with me because it's only 60 games, so. And what I am worried about, listen, the National League is a better game in my mind. And I, and I caught, I, I, mean, I every day that I went out to catch when I was in the National League, um, I worked, uh, uh, I called the game behind the nine hole. 
<clears throat> without a doubt, behind the pitcher or wherever he was hitting. And some, sure, you know, sure. No, I agree with that. There without is a, a doubt. So I, that, well, that. without a doubt. That was my strategy. It was you know, that, and, and you work around it, and you you know who's on the bench. The one thing that I I like it for the sixty games, but what's going to happen in my mind? What I feel is that you're going to see now the National League is going to be because it's always like okay, the, the big boys in the American League. Listen, I played in both, and Boney played in the American League more than he did National, and I was National more than American. But I also mind that played in the National League, and it's just you call it a game. You work around that spot, um, that nine spot in in the lineup, but. I, I'm, I'm fearful that you're going to see the National League now bang with the American League because it's going to happen and you can have a spot and now you can give guys, you know, certain guys extra days off. Whether I, I mean, I just say, uh, I don't, I'm not even going to say a name, but the National League, I'm trying to think of somebody. You guys have got any names? Um, say uh, uh, Justin Turner from the Dodgers. Okay, well, if he's a little big banged up, but what's going to happen is you're going to keep his bat in the lineup and – I'm hoping that as a, you know, oh, well, I guess number one, I'm hoping that they, they, they get the CBA out of the way before next year, which I don't think is going to happen. I think it's going to be, I'm just hoping that it, it doesn't get to the point to where they make this an every year thing from now on, because being well, a purist, are, it's like, that, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Being this a purist, this is how changes are made. Uh, well, and that's and I, I know that what's going to happen this next sixty games is everything. Well, for the most part, a lot of things. I can say everything that they've been trying in the Arizona Fall League or in the minor leagues is going to and and they'd be foolish not to try it out now because it is a sixty game. Uh, well, 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 no, go ahead, Bonnie, because I'm curious what you say. But I think I think this too. I think you look, first of all, I think I'm looking at it from the view of not what I like as a player. I'm looking from it uh, for growing the game and then the, the entertainment value. I think the DH adds a lot to the entertainment value of the game. Offense, it's like what, it, it's what people want to see. That being said, if, also. If, if, if you are that fan that comes there and wants to just see home runs and, and don't actually know the game. Right, but I, also, but I also think now if we're going to talk about fair and square, I think right now with DH and how prevalent the DH has become and, and some Hall of Famers now that are DHs, when you go to the postseason, uh, you know, and, and now that I think it's, it's not that it's a necessary overwhelming advantage, but, but when you're in the American League Park, it's an overwhelming advantage for the American League team because they have one of their best players as their DH, whereas the National League is just going to fill somebody in. That being said, you go to the National League Park, and one of your best players. Who's, Booney, who I love watching that. Where are you going to put him? Where are you going to put Frank yeah. Thomas in the National League World Series? I love watching that as a fan. Where are you going to put Edgar but, Martinez? Love it. Right, but, but but it's an unfair advantage to a team that builds their team around. That could be their main offense. That's, what, that, that's what's they, wrong they with building a team as a GM. Don't build your team around um, somebody who can't play the field. Now, listen, like an Ortiz. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, what, what did David Ortiz do when he went to the National League? He played first base, even if he stunk. Maybe, maybe. Uh, you know, when did he go to the National League? Well, when they played interleague play. When he would, World like, Series, you know, Boston yeah. went to uh, uh, wherever. Wherever they played in interleague play. I don't know. But they put him at first base a couple games because and World Series. You can, I mean, the no, funny no, thing, I, I, the, I, the I, reason I, I say this I is you can't hide, you can't hide. Hide the defensive uh, part of it. 
So in order to be able to do that, because now interleague plays quite often, I mean, obviously, but um, you better be working on that. Yeah. Okay. Listen, I think the DH would be the greatest thing in the world. I've DH a couple of times. I know you've done uh, probably way more than I have, I hated but it. I, hated I, it. I hated it. Hey, I hated that. I couldn't go I back it. on the, and I would love to like Edgar Martinez, David Ortiz. I would love to go to the ballpark, have a pine tar rag, some rosin, and two or three bats with me, and that's it. No glove, no. And you I might have, have, have to. You might have to. You might have to have your stationary bike so your brain doesn't go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I would love that, but I could never do it, and I didn't do it very well. Oh, I mean, I, I, I don't think I don't think I would be very good at it either. Yeah, I mean, it, you know what? It's, it's, it's like pinch hitting. Um, it's like pinch hitting four times a game. Sure. And pinch hitting is not very easy. Pinch hitting is hard. From it's a, hard enough playing this game every day and knowing you're going to be penciled in the lineup, but then all of a sudden not knowing when you're going to be called on, but, oh. but having to be ready all the time. And having to be ready against someone who's going 100, that is I have a lot of respect for the people that have made a career out of being a pinch hitter. I yep. mean, that to me, man, that's, that's a tough gig. All right. And okay. So now, hey, okay, Bunny, you just said something really cool. You're because I have so much respect for pinch hitters now, but now you're in the um, American league or you have a DH in both leagues. So now that's that nine hole spots, not coming up or that double switch spot, wherever it may be, right. you're basically eliminating not, not the great ones, but you're eliminating all your, your, your good pinch hitters. So you're taking jobs away. Now you're probably gaining jobs at the same time. I don't know if it evens out or not, but, you're taking what we just said as far as I, because I mean, listen, coming in and facing Mark Wallers or whoever throwing 100 miles an hour, because that's usually what you are there for as a pinch hitter to, to face the nastiest guys on the team, which are usually the closers, and to be ready for it. And they're good at it. it it's hard. It is not easy. So now if you have a DH in both leagues, you're taking good that point. job that we both enjoy or watching because it is, some, it is an art. I don't know how they do it, to be honest with you. You're taking that away. You, that, that's a good point. And I think from a purist standpoint, I, I get your, you know, from a catcher standpoint is the strategery and the, the double switch. And what are we going to do here? And the pitcher's up next. Is he going to pinch it? Is he not? That's how I approach this eight hole hitter. I get it. Uh, there's going to be a lot of eight hole hitters that are excited that they don't have to hit in the eight hole anymore. I, and I don't know if you and ever did. Booney hit, hit, hit for power. I didn't hit for that much power. And, when eight holes is a tough place to hit, isn't it? Hitting in the early, eight hole in the National early, League early. is it's the tough. toughest place to hit in all of the lineup. It, I mean, you, obviously the scoreboard dictates the game, but I, I've hit there numerous times. Um, you know, probably over a couple hundred at bats, three hundred at bats, probably. I don't know how many, but it is difficult because you're getting nothing but breaking stuff, and then all of a sudden, pop, pop, pop. There's a, it's a the most difficult. So you're going to see National League hitters now. I'm actually curious to see just in 2020, how this plays out, because you're going to see the National League teams bang just like the American League teams have banged however long the DH has been in. I'll say this from a fan point of view, at least my opinion, for whatever it's worth. I kind of like the fact that different leagues have different identities. It, it added something a little bit different. And when it feels like you're taking a little less strategy out of the game, do you pitch it? Do you leave your pitcher in for a little bit more? Is the run worth the extra inning? I, it, it takes away a little bit of that anticipation in the later innings on what do you do with your pitcher. And kind of I, I, Dennis, great question. And I want to start this first because I know that obviously his brother's the manager of the, the, one of the greatest franchises ever. He's not but Red Sox it, manager. I've already said this. 
uh, a couple times on this show, and I, I do want to hear um, Brett's take on it because I don't know if he ever talked about it. Probably because we'll I was talking too much, and, and I interrupted whatever. But um, there's a question that I heard the other day like, or, uh, from my, my neighbor. Actually, are any of the managers going to get fired this year? And I, I no, I think everybody's given a free a freebie for six. But I'm going to tell you what, you are going to see who can manage and who cannot manage. When this thing starts now, listen, we can go on to another subject. I don't think they're going to be able to play 60 games just because of um, well, COVID-19. That's one of the questions. So. Side, oh, oh, I'm, pump, I apologize for saying that, but you are going to see who can manage and who cannot. And obviously his uh, little brother has an idea. He knows what the heck's going on now. Obviously he has the power too, but at the same time, and I listened to somebody talk today um, on the radio a little bit. And I'm like, you're doing it all wrong. And this is somebody with the best team in probably all of baseball. Um, and it's, it's just like, no, 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 no. In my mind as a manager, I'm t- I'm taking four starters, obviously, if everybody's healthy and ready. And I'm loading my fifth starter up as a bullpen. I'm taking another long man. And I'm playing every pitch, every game or whatever. And this is where you got to, as a player, it's a little bit of nut cutting time right now. If you're if say that fifth starter out of spring training is is in the is going to be the the first or second long man, and you kind of have a little bump in the road here and there and there, or maybe two games where you're not, boom, you're out, and we're going to switch it because this is where these guys have to start managing actually. Because listen, in my mind, you win or you lose maybe ten games, and that's a lot, five to ten games a year as a manager. Because listen, you can't play, but it's all with the bullpen moves and everything and the manager that i heard today say like oh yeah we're going with a five hell we can have a seven man rotation no you can't no you can't so booney i'm i'm curious to see what you have to say about this because then we'll move on but i mean it's 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 going to be interesting 60 games i can't stand the fact that it's 60 games because it's but you know what it is what it is we get to see baseball which is awesome but it will be interesting to see who knows what they're doing brett you want me to respond to that i do you don't have to I don't uh, put as much stock in the manager as Jason does. Now, not to, to take away from managing a big league team. I think National League best. catcher talking managing. Because, listen, as a manager, all you do is you get the respect of your players and you run a bullpen. Run a bullpen. That's it. You run Correct. a bullpen. Correct. And, and the, first, the first point you made being the most important is uh, – Reading, having the ability to read players and having the ability to set the tone that you want in that clubhouse, having the respect of the players and running a bullpen. I agree. I don't think it's, I don't think it's just my opinion. I don't, I don't know what's about to happen in this 60 game season. Um, I don't think you're going to see managers behaving much differently than they would in 162. Now that remains to be seen. You may be right. There may be some guys coming out doing what, uh, what, what, what their front office tells them to do, and what the 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 the, the, uh, we, we the guy on the well, we guy, I come down like, hey, you know what? All Put right. this guy in. That's a, that's actually who's going to have some balls in this whole. All right, let's, the thirty managers. Let's move on, Brett. No, 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 no. This is what what is this show called or whatever? Where this, it's this the debate. The, I do. I what what Brett says is very important because I, I respect Brett as a ball player, and I was a huge fan watching him play. So I I do want to hear him. So we're not going to go on to the next one, Dennis. I want Brett to. Say something. No, no, I, I just think 
this is and this is obviously we haven't seen this 60 games play out. Uh, we're going to see. I just my opinion. I don't think and this is not talking to Aaron or, or, or seeing what he's going to do. I don't think you're going to see much difference man, managerial wise on their approach to this season. Now, I think when you get down closer to the playoffs, you might see some things. Tampa Bay tried some things a couple of years ago. They brought in that reliever that starts thing. Well, I was sitting there thinking about, you know, having a reliever start. What do they call that, Dennis? You? Dumb. First guy, or I, I think it's a joke. No, but... uh, uh, opener. Yeah. They were calling it the opener. Yeah. And, and I'm thinking this, and no disrespect to the guys in the bullpen, but there's a reason that guys are in, in the, the bullpen. Because they're not good they enough can't to be start. <laughs> so why would I have a bullpen guy? He's more apt to walk people, put people on base, than a starting pitcher is. That's why we can see every year, year in and year out, consistently, I'm not saying all the time because there are exceptions to everything, but usually at the end of the season, the best teams are what? They have the best starting pitching, and that was true again last year with the Washington Nationals, and it will be true in the history of baseball. Once in a while, something's going to come along, an aber- uh, you know, an aberration, and it's going to be, whoa, how did they win? But nine times out of ten, it's because their starting pitching is number one caliber starting pitching, always has been, always will be. A thousand percent. I don't think you're going to see that much. In our era, which is not the fact that we're old or anything, I hate saying era, but if I saw a guy, which listen, a lot of starters do it nowadays, but if I saw a guy on the mound, you know, obviously they didn't really know, and he went into the, he was in the stretch, I'm like, we're getting some knocks. This guy's going to be, as a hitter, and uh, Boney, I just know if a guy went into the stretch as a starting pitcher, you know he's a bullpen guy, uh, um, and it's game on, and he's going to be well, out. And, and, that, and that's why I see, you know, nowadays I see a lot of this opener, you know, the opener. Okay, that saves some arms. There could be some strategy there. But in the it's long run, it's always, too. It's, always, it's always the same. Who was Houston's top three starters last year? They were in the World Series. Okay, the best pitcher in the world, Cole. Verlander, one of the greatest pitchers of our time. Yankee. And and, and Granke, who's a potential Hall of Famer. Those were their three. Who's on the other side? You got maybe the best pitcher in baseball, Scherzer. Well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to yield to Cole on the best pitcher in the game. Scherzer, one of the greatest pitchers of our time. Who's number two? Competitors. Strasburg, who has turned from a young phenom and, and all of a sudden in one year, I think, grew up and matured by leaps and bounds and turned into a John Smith. Well, that's what happens when you win the World Series. Everybody actually knows who you are. I I mean, it's unbelievable. Without a doubt. I think it was the whole year. And then their number three was the lefty, Dennis, help me. Corbin. Yeah, that's right. Guy from Arizona. Boney, you smart, man. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the next question, guys. Will the modifications in the regular season extra innings rules be received well by fans and players alike. And here's a quick rundown just in case. Each half inning, a player who made the last out the previous at bat will be placed at second base, and pinch runners are allowed. Uh, Boone, you started off the last question. Jason, this is yours. I mean, you know, obviously the, the roster is expanded to 30, right? And you have your um, – listen, I don't even know how Terrence Gore has a job still. But he he will have a job uh, again. Um, and uh, Terrence is a good dude, but I mean he can't hit the ball past the the, the pitching screen. But he can he's he can he's fast. 
Um, I don't like the pinch running rule, but I mean, at the same time, I don't think anybody really knows what's going to happen. And once again, it goes back to your managerial decisions. Yeah. I mean, to start off, but now, okay. So you got that guy on, do you you try to steal him or or are you actually going to have to tell your hitter? Hey, you know what? Get him over. I mean, are guys actually going to have to play baseball again, which is what you're supposed to do. We've already had this conversation before. Um, but I always – I don't like the rule because, Messing you know, Little League on up, and, and don't even know what I'm talking about. I mean, they call it the California League or California rule where in extra innings and, you know, because they're on a – your Little League up to high school, you're on a clock and for the next team to come in or whatever it may be. So that's how extra innings work in – um in, uh, that's what it's called. It's called the California League or California rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's how they start the the um, the inning. As a big leaguer, I mean, once again, it's gonna be managed. Are you gonna put a uh, Are you gonna put a Gerard Dyson out there? Um, I, I say Terrence score. Just be I just I, I, ugh. But he can run. Are you gonna put somebody out there? Okay. Are you gonna have him steal? Are you gonna actually try to play baseball? And who's who's up in your lineup? I would like to see it. Whoever made the last out, if they're going to go to the little league rules, whoever made the last out is going to be the guy on second base. But that's not, that's just my opinion. And I don't know. I don't think I like it. One thing I really don't like is, okay, you can't lick your fingers, which, you know, creatures of habit. You're going to do this. You're going to spit. And it's going to be something tough for for players to get used to. But you're going to tell me that, Okay, I'm going to put a wet rag in my back pocket so I can touch it. You're going to tell me guys aren't going to put uh, stick them on it. You guys are going to—they're not going to put rosin on their. The, um, I mean, how are they going to monitor that? Are they going to? Are the umpires going to actually look at the little wet cloth you have back there so people don't do this? And I understand what they're doing because, but I mean, come on, I don't like it. I would if they're going to do little league rules, do little league rules, and whoever made the last out goes out to second base. I don't care if it's a uh, uh, Billy Butler or. Um, Vince Coleman. It'd be hard for Vince, but uh, Brett Boone. I think it's dumb. I think it's a stupid rule. I think it's uh, it, it is just that it, it's for travel ball. It's to speed up games because you got a tournament at a facility that can only uh, have so much activity. So we need to get the next game going. That's what the rule is for. It's not for the big league. What is the time restraint? Why why are we all of a sudden have this time problem. This, you know, it's not like, uh, there's nobody has to go anywhere. There's nobody in the stands. I mean, mean, is there, is there another big league team playing after the first big league game? So we need to rush it. I don't see any reason. There may be, who knows? Shut up, Jason. I know. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? Thank you for the first time telling me to shut Um, up. No, I think it's, um, no, I, I see no reason for it. Once again, though, this is going to fall into the laps of the fans. You know they're going to be out there getting data. Did the fans like it? Did the fans not like it? I don't think the fans are going to like this. Um, but that's what the game is now. And and like it or not, that's where we're at in 2020. From our do you time, like the even our runner? Time, uh, if you're going to do it, you might as well. Yes. I, I, I say don't do it at all. But if you're going to do it, why not the pinch runner uh, for the – optimum 
entertainment value because that's what we're going for these days is entertainment. It's not like it used to be. It's it's now it's about branding yourself. It's it's you got your own shoe. It's this. It's entertainment. It's doing a dance. It's bat flips. It's that's where the game is now. Financially, the game is thriving. So is that a good thing for players? Yes, because it reflects in their salaries. From a purist standpoint, I don't like this runner on second stuff. I don't like a lot of the new rules. I do welcome some of the new rules, but I don't like a lot of them. I don't like this one. Time's going to tell, and the fans are going to let you know whether they like it or not. So, do you, so you think if, if 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 they love it, if there's a whatever, and this is great, do you think they're going to? Um, because I'll, I'll be honest, in my mind, in 2022, there won't be baseball if if the fans enjoy it, and that's what the owners are trying to do. Because little things like that. Now, I get it in this whole 60-game schedule. I totally understand it because, you know what, they're going to try all the things that they want to try. Why, why, right. I, I think this is, a, this is a trial period for the DH. I think the DH yeah. is going to stick without a doubt. But I, I, don't, I think this is a trial for things like runner on second base. What is the feedback? And a lot of things, Jason, in this game, I remember when they first started miking up players. And they'd ask me to be Mike for the game. Now, the last thing we want as a player is to be Mike walking around, having people in the in the trucks listening to what I'm saying out. At, you know, I might not want something coming out that that the guy in the truck. Now, they're not going to They might me one game and they said, you know what, never again. We're not even going to put this shit out there. But, but now, Jason, here's the thing. Once again, it goes back to finance and, and the mon- amount of money that they're making these days. Yep. It's like, would you ever have a – a manager of a big league team in game six in a crucial situation being mic'd up and talking to Joe Buck in the booth. That's the last thing on earth they want to do. But they realize the way the finances are going, everybody's making a lot of money. The fans sitting at home, they love hearing that conversation. It's because the interns are running the game anyhow for half the teams. But here's the thing. Now, if I'm looking at it from a business perspective and growing the game, the fans are our base. They are the people that make this truck move. If the fans want it and being a fan sitting at home and, and haven't experienced it, I think that'd be cool sitting in the sitting in the uh, in your living room going, oh, I wonder what what that manager's thinking right now. And this, you know, it's not it, it's the game six and everything's on the line. How is he going to respond for a fan? I think that's pretty cool for the for the players and the manager. No, it's a hassle. But you do it. Why? For the fan for the bottom line. And, and now I, I look at that as a positive. And I, I will say this, if I'm in the world series, like the, the, whatever you just brought up, six game of the world, the world, whatever it may be. And my manager's on the, um, the freaking television. He better be getting like a million. I'm, I'm pissed. I'm bitter. And I'm be like, Hey guys, let's go and do kind of like the, uh, the whole, uh, Madden well, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of pre that's, that's no, I yes, cool. yes, we'll do it. Yeah. Yes, we'll do it. And the PR guy right, comes right, down, right. and you get a certain amount. I, dude, I understand all that money, it, but I'm just saying, like, if I'm a player and I see my manager, like, uh, on the, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but, but Jason, you, you know, I understand your that it's great for the fans. He doesn't. Your manager doesn't want to do it. He's obligated to do well, it. Well, it depends on who your manager people. is. A lot of people like a lot of managers like to see themselves on TV. I'll say right. this, though. For baseball, I can see why they want to do it because every time you cut in, that's a break for an ad. You know, let's but go down I- to the White Castle's manager talk with, uh, you know, Terry Francona. Let's go down to Burger King's. It, it, and trust me, they're getting something out of it. Oh, absolutely. So I can see okay, why. Well, then what, if you're a player, what are you thinking about? 
Oh, yeah. This dude's getting free White Castle for like a, two years now, and and, and there's uh, stuff going on here. He should be getting the lefty up and the right. He should have he, he, double so, barrel right now, but yet he's talking about White Castle burgers and here, like, oh yeah, it's a great thing. And now part get out of here. Here's the question, and we are way out in Mars now, based on where our question was. I don't even remember a what the question was, b whose turn it was, or who didn't have a turn. Uh, Boone, did you even have a turn to talk about? It's something to do with second base runners and terror yeah. score. Who I can't think hit you did. Yeah, like I, it. I answered the question. Okay, because we were out. We were out on Mars. He was more question. politically correct than I was. All right, let's move on. But we both agreed. Let's move it's on. A, it's a waste of time, and hopefully they don't carry this on to the, um, Jason, the future. Jason, and, and what I think what Boone and I both said was like, if this is How something that the fans want to see me, as it goes on in 2022. They're not going to be a season in 2022 because it's a joke. All right, let's move on. What basement dwellers from 2019 will have the best chance to be playoff contenders due to the shortened season? Here are a couple teams that will finish last, just in case you're at home and you don't have your MacBook up or whatever. Toronto finished 67 and 95. Baltimore finished 54 and 108. KC finished 59 and 103. Detroit finished 47 and 114. Angels finished 72 and 90. Seattle finished uh, 68 and 94. Philly finished 81 and 81. Miami 57 and 105. Cincinnati 75 87. Pittsburgh 69 93. Colorado 71 91. And San Diego finished 71 70 wins, 92 losses. Uh, Brett, I'll let you go first. Do, are you asking if any of those teams have a chance? Yep. What out of all those teams? What teams have the best chance to do the shortened season to be contenders? Uh, maybe the Padres. Maybe the Padres because they're a young team, um, still finding their identity, but a lot of talent on that team. Uh, that being said, I don't think they have a chance. I still think, even though it's sixty games, you're not going to see any basement dwellers, any below average team, even with sixty games, force them way their way into the postseason and be a factor. I think what you're going to see is that 500 ball club from last year. They're going to have a chance to get hot for a month and put themselves in a good position. But I think the bad teams and the worst teams in the game are going to remain the worst teams in the game and will have no chance of making the postseason. That's my opinion. I still think the cream will rise to the top with the best players and the best talent in the game. The thing that's going to be crucial about this year that that's different than other years is when some, some of your main guys go down with injury, okay? Over the course of 162 games, if you get a couple of your stars that go down for for a couple two-week stint, you can weather the storm. But in a 60-game season, you're not going to be able to weather the storm. That's going to be the biggest thing. Who can stay healthy? Jason, now. I, I disagree with everything you said, with the exception of the – um. if Mike Trout – gets COVID or cause I know that him and I think pretty, I think him and Cole, uh, Garrett Cole, there's, they're expecting children, which is the most amazing thing ever. Um, but I disagree because there's a lot of guys, a lot of guys out there who you know, I was kind of up and down. I don't know how you were bony, but I mean, some years I'd start off great. Some years I'd start off awful, but they, they, they know they're gonna get their at bats. They know these young, some of these young guys, might go out and just be like, let's go win a World Series. I mean, they don't know any better. As a veteran player going out, to, now, at the end of the day, it's all going to revolve around pitching, bottom line. And the, the big teams are going to be there because they have the pitching. But 
I will say this. Some of these younger guys that are getting a shot, whether it be the Marlins, I think anybody's – the um, whoever has a younger, talented uh, staff or players who just don't care, I honestly – because – and I think of it as like, okay, and I'll never forget, in 2003, we had a pretty damn good team. We were six games out of first place um, at the All-Star break. Okay, well, this was kind of the All-Star break. This is actually more of a tra- trading deadline. Um, and – uh, our GM traded everybody to the Chicago Cubs. Kenny Lofton, Randall Simon, uh, Ramos Ramirez, Ramos Ramirez, who was, and we ended up obviously going. So I, but I really, really, truly thought six games, I might be five, six, seven, I don't know what it was. It's not that much um, July 15th. It's really not our July 31st. Um, so I think some of the younger teams, and I'm not just saying this to, to try to uh, um, bait Brett. I'm saying that I think some of the younger guys are going to, this is my shot. Cause you're going to get a lot of guys who are going to get a shot that probably shouldn't get a shot. And once again, it goes back to managing, you manage your bullpen, but you also manage who's hot. Like if this guy came up, oh, he, he had a, a pinch hit home run. Like we were talking about earlier, you know what? I'm putting this button in the lineup tomorrow morning or tomorrow afternoon, whatever it may be, because maybe and they're going to ride the hot hand. And I think a lot of younger guys are just not going to care. But the COVID-19 is going to, I mean, it's going to crush a lot of teams. I mean, if you get that one superstar, like a Trout, like a, 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 a Kershaw, like a, a um, Mookie Betts, or like you know, one of the, the bigger names in the game right now that are putting them and they get it, you're instantly quarantined for, what, uh, two weeks? And then you got to – so I don't know. I think any – I think all 30 teams – this is where I'm kind of intrigued about this whole thing. All 30 teams have a, a have a um, chance to do something. And you will see managers lose more games than they will win because they're going to be try to try to be too smart. That's my opinion. Dennis, once again, all those teams you named, non-factors. All right, next question. Although – See, that's where I disagree, though, Boney, and you can't be a non-factor thing because I'm going to tell you what – Everybody's like, okay, well, Verlander and Granky, and I'm gonna say the Astros, their booty's gonna be this tight. They're not even gonna be involved in anything. Hopefully, the A's can get started quicker because I was even part of one of those teams that you're awful till till the after the first half, and then next thing you know, boom, we're we're winning. So it's gonna depend on who is hot, when they're hot, and it's gonna depend on the what the managers guys. Here, here it is, boys. You, you play, which everybody's going to play their butts off. I get it, but let's go. we got to get it done from day one to the last day. But Okay, so what would you like at? I will concede to you that. Here's the well, You know what? Let's, 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 let's make bread. a – I don't let's, want to say a wager. Let's, let's, let's bet a beer. I'll bet uh, – um, but like the big – I won't bet light. What kind of beer do you drink? I'll, I'll give you a, a, a big Miller light or whatever. And I bet that a team that finished under 500 last year wins the World Series this year. Take that bet. Take that bet. Take I'll it. bet you anything you want to bet. Take I just said a beer. I just said a beer. Like one of the like the, the big boys. Okay. I'll bet now, a team that finished under five hundred last year wins the World Series this year. Oh my god. Vegas loves you, Jason. <laughs> but, you ain't lying. Hey, and by the way, here is one thing, here's one thing that I will concede to you. The the X factor is this COVID. That's definitely an X factor because that could be 
the difference maker that that is out of everybody's control. Okay, so if the season doesn't finish, then our, that's off, right? Because they're a shot in the hell of the season sure, finishes. Why would I not? Why would I make the bet? No, why I'm saying the the right, right, right. I see what you're saying. You're saying the season isn't going to end. I think it's going to end because I think if if people get sick, whatever they have to quarantine, um, they've got people at the ready to fill in. But as far as the teams and the best teams, uh, COVID is the is the X factor. So I will agree with that one point. And I guess what I say by younger players is not the guy that was in double A supposed to be in double A all year. I'm talking about the the, the guys that were, um, you know, going to be in the Ross, maybe their second year in the big leagues or the guys who just don't know. We were both uh, uh, young players and, you know, my second year, I didn't, I was just, let's go, let's go play. I didn't care. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is those guys, not the guy that is coming from high A ball that is on a, a taxi squad down in Nashville or wherever it may be, because he's going to come up. His booty is going to be so tight. It's going to be unbelievable. All right. Uh, in 10 years, guys, when we look back on the 2020 season, will we have fond memories or will we look at it as a complete disaster? Brett, you go first. Wow, me first. Um, Oof. Good wow. luck. That's a loaded question. Yeah, it is. You know, I was I was thinking about this the other day with all this has gone on and the back and forth and the negotiations and what a it, it hasn't gone so smooth and 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 I don't think they've done themselves any favor to this point with how they've handled that negotiation. That being said, if this season kicks off, we play the six sixty games with relatively few, you know, wild cards thrown in. They're not actual wild cards. Pardon the pun, but but variables that could come into the equation. If if we get this sixty game season off, the postseason is set is set up uh, uniquely to add a little more excitement, and the players are able to play. I think you're going to have an exciting postseason. I think you're going to have a uh, a great World Series, albeit being only sixty games. I think all this stuff that we've discussed for the last two months is all going to be a distant memory because it always is because the fans just want to see that product on the field, giving them a good show. And I know these guys, they're big leaguers, you know, they're ready to go. When you say go, let's go. And I think as long as something major doesn't happen, and I mean, country-wise with, with this COVID-19, uh, I think the players are going to go out, do a great job, have a postseason. It's going to be exciting. And you're going to, you're going to have a World Series champion. Now that's going to be debated over that wasn't legitimate, this and that. For a guy that hasn't won a ring, I've been to a World Series, but I never won one. I would take the 60 game and let everybody tell me it's not legitimate. I'll take it. But uh, barring it, barring a big uh, national, you know, sickness or COVID-19, I, I think it's going to be a, a great season, an entertaining season. I think the fans are going to be satisfied, and I think you're going to look back at this in a positive light. Jason? I, I, I couldn't agree more. And as much negative press as uh, baseball has um, received over the last however many months, it doesn't matter. It's baseball. And I think Booney and I both uh, and Dimitri have always said that like it might be a couple of years, might be slow, this and that, but I'm going to tell you what. When, it, when they come back and the fans get to watch, it's baseball. It's like, you know, the uh, uh, James Earl Jones, people will come, Ray. It's, it's baseball. And I, I truly believe that whatever happens, I just hope they can finish the season. I really do. And I think that 
when it ha- it's going to be exciting. It really, really, truly is going to be exciting because it's something that's never happened before. And the whole uncharted waters thing is going to, but I, I, I truly believe that everybody eliminate baseball. Your 2020 graduates, whether it be college, high school, they're going to be the ones that, that, that are, are, are the ones that are going to remember everything. And hopefully baseball can help them out 10 years from now and be like, yeah, you know what? I was graduating that year. I'd never even had a chance to graduate, but, and I watched so-and-so win the world series and they weren't supposed to, they were under 500 the year before <laughs> and, and Kendall got a, a, a big, tall, Bud light. <laughs> I saw that coming a mile away. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's They're going to build it. Let's move on to the, who would you rather have portion of the show mm. last week? was the first one. I thought I did okay. You guys were not impressed. This time, I think I came out with a little bit better of a who'd you rather have, whether it be Game 7 of the World Series, you know, ninth inning, you need your closer to come in, or wild card game, whatever, the biggest game of the, the season, and you need three outs, who would you rather have? Lee Smith with a career 303 ERA, 1.25 whip, uh, 1,251 Ks, 476 saves over 1,298 innings, or Billy Wagner, 2.31 ERA, .998 whip, only 1,100 Ks, 422 saves over 903 innings. Uh, Jason Kendall, you go first. You know what? I mean, last, last week was easy with Larkin and Ozzy Smith, I think, for both of us. I think next week what you need to do if you're going to do a closer wise is oh I'm changing it up guys we have or whatever maybe that we've played with listen Lee Smith's in the Hall of Fame it took him a while but he got in I faced Billy Wagner maybe twenty to thirty times I, maybe less I don't know but I faced him a lot obviously being in the National League Central um I faced Lee Smith maybe maybe once maybe twice and I, I believe he was with Montreal so. Lee Smith in the Hall of Fame. I've seen Billy Wagner's 103 mile an hour fastball. I've been hit by Billy Wagner's. I mean, I I want to lean towards Billy Wagner because I faced him 20 times. Lee Smith maybe once, and he was probably towards the end of his career, so I didn't see his best stuff. But Lee Smith in the Hall of Fame. This is hard for me. This is actually really hard for me because I, I know that when Billy Wagner's in the game, pretty much over. Kind of like Hoffy. Um, so I, I don't know because I didn't have that many at-bats against Lee Smith, but Lee Smith's in the Hall of Fame. And I'm going to go with Billy Wagner just because I saw Billy Wagner numerous times and I saw how good he was and he was dominating. But I am I know Lee Smith was as well. So, I mean, it's, it's a good one if you want to stump Boney and myself. But, um, I mean, uh, Wagner because I faced him. Numerous times. Brett? It's a good question, Dennis. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I, I've got to, I, I got to play with Lee Smith. He did just get inducted to the Hall of Fame. Obviously a great pitcher, great career. Uh, I like Jason. You know, I might have had a few at-bats against Lee Smith. I had several at-bats against uh, Billy Wagner. And I think if you check the tape, if you saw my at-bats against Billy Wagner, there's a big zero before the, the slash mark. <laughs> I had zero hits in my career against Billy Wagner. I believe it was about an 0 for 9. Um, 
So I'm going to be a little biased that I don't want to face Billy Wagner because I could not get a hit off him. Uh, I think if you're talking about today's game, uh, 2020, I think Billy Wagner's stuff plays a little better than Lee Smith's. Um, but let's put them both in, in, in their, uh, in their prime. I'm still going to lean a little bit. No, no disrespect to Lee Smith because he was a great pitcher. Obviously he's, he's been enshrined, but I'm going to give the nod to Billy Wagner just because of his, his stuff still plays today at a high, high level. I like that. That's a interesting. I don't know. I was a fan of both. I did get to meet Lee Smith once and I had a beer with the guy. So I guess as a fan, I'm a bit, I'm I'm why I came up with Lee Smith. Lee Smith was a teammate of mine in Cincinnati. And I'm telling you, he's a very unique guy, but a kind hearted, uh, good man, great teammate. Loved playing with him. He was, he was the best. I was at the, the all-star game as a fan here in Detroit and he was signing autographs, doing fan fest stuff. And I walk over, I'm like, Hey, big, big fan. And he's like, Hey, you want an autograph? And he pulls out these eight by tens and he's signing one where he's in the Cubs. He's like, no black man should ever have to wear baby blue. And he's signing it. Okay. I, I hope he's not watching. Cause I, I don't think I've ever had a conversation with Billy Wagner and I really hold Lee Smith and, <laughs> up here uh, from a teammate standpoint. I hope he's not watching. I don't think he is. He probably has better things to do. But uh, this was a great show. Well, we got Tony, the fake question. No, Lee Smith is not watching wrestling with sports tonight. I'll How do you promise. know? How do you know? <laughs> oh, he just texted me. He wanted me to tell you hi, Jason. Um, let's move on to the fan question. We're going to shut the door and get out of here when this is over. Fan question. Let me pull it up here. Comes from Adrian from Toronto, Canada. Adrian wants to know, when is a safe age to allow a young person to start throwing a curveball? Now, I know this isn't really a debatable question, but I thought this was actually a good question to ask two Major League Baseball players. So, Jason. I, in all honesty, um, oh, that's, that's a good question because I, I, I've let my son throw a curveball whenever. That's what my old man did with me. And he showed me how to do it. A slider, not so much, because that's where you're going to really torque your elbow. Um, but if you can teach him, and, and uh, this is the way I was taught, and some guys do it, some guys don't, is, you know, the horseshoe on the baseball, you put your fingers together, your middle finger push a little harder down on it. And listen, I'm not a pitcher. This is what I did when I was a little leaguer on up. And this is what I told my kids. And your 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 index finger, a little bit uh, lighter on it, and – and it's you keep your wrist straight when you come down, not bending your wrist, trying to, but pulling it down. Curveball is much more. Uh, you're not going to have much more injury. I mean, a slider is when you, a lot of you guys get underneath it, and they they kind of, and that's where the the, the elbow kind of snaps a little bit. So, uh, uh, the to answer the question, I think I don't think it matters. I mean, I wouldn't have them throw it hard. I would go in the backyard and and have him just like try to spin it and and as a father try to show him how and if you have to YouTube it YouTube it but I wouldn't have him throwing it hard I would just say hey the best advice I can give is hey you know what see how many times you can make it spin in the air before um, it gets to my glove as far as for a little eager but I don't think there's any certain age everybody's going to be different I mean I know doctors that that haven't let their kids thrown a slider yet and their kids are like you know 18 years old. So I'm curious to see what Booney says about this because I know that my old man said, like, you know, all right, you can throw it. And I was 
10. I don't know. I, I can't remember, but I had a pretty good yacker. I just wish I could. Uh, yacker is another word for a curveball. But um, obviously, I didn't turn in to be a pitcher, but my arm was fine until my last year. Brett? Of my catching career. <laughs> uh, I think as a blanket safety. Um, okay. I grew up, uh, you know, my dad played through my college years in baseball. Um, so dad wasn't around much for my little league games. You know, by the time we got out of school and we had a little league game, dad was on his way to the ballpark. So he, he didn't get a chance to watch me much playing. And his thing was, Brett, I don't want you throwing a curveball till you get a little older. Okay, dad, wink, wink. That's all I threw. And I wrapped, I cranked that thing and, and spun it as hard as I could. When I was 12 years old, we we were in the state finals in New Jersey and my elbow snapped in half. And Jesus, I came home. I came home to dad and and we went to the Phillies doctor at the time. And he said, well, I don't know if Brett will ever throw again. They put me in a cast. My dad had a really calm, nice conversation with my little league coach. I I say that facetiously, but uh, it was a scary thing. My my judgment as a father is you don't throw anything. And, And I think that's until puberty hits. I'm not saying that everybody's going to snap their arm. I did. But I'm also saying if you've got a talented young player that says, oh, you can just throw it this way, but don't throw it this way. Those competitive kids, those kids that want to strike everybody out and embarrass them, when dad ain't looking, that thing's being cranked. My rule is basically no breaking balls until you hit puberty. Puberty is kind of the thing for me. Um, That's what I do as a dad. I'm not saying I'm 100% right, but, you know, my kids were always – uh, interested in lifting weights. Dad, when can I lift? I said, when you got hair under your armpits, we'll start to consider it. <laughs> Same thing for the curveball. I think little kids' ligaments, bones, muscles aren't ready for that torque. And until they, they go through their growing spurt and they become young men, I just stay away from it. It's not going to make a difference in their life, in their career if they pursue baseball. By the time you get to high school, college level, you're either good enough or you're not. So that breaking ball that you were throwing when you're 11 is irrelevant. But he you know, had a great, great uh, um, response to that. And um, and if you want to throw, uh, teach kids how to throw a, a, a another off-speed, a changeup. Because you're having the same action um, with as your four-seamer, and you're not putting that stress on that elbow. But uh, listen, it, it is different times when we grew up. I mean, now, I'll be honest with you, I think, Tommy John now is because all these guys working out harder. I mean, we had, uh, 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 listen, we all want beach muscles. We all want to look good in the off season or the summertime. I get it. But I think these guys are working out too much. Every team has like 12 different weight coaches, et cetera. But um, if you want to teach your kid another pitch and when is it time to do it, teach them the changeup first, because I really truly believe the changeup, you're not putting that stress as the curveball. But I would say slider wise, no curveball wise. Have them spin a couple up every once in a while. Like Booney said, maybe it's your out pitch. Maybe it's the, the, the when you have two strikes on the guy, maybe you throw that in the dirt because it is uh, uh, a different pitch and a different look. So uh, perfect answer, Booney. There we go. By the way, that, that's my excuse always for why I had a mediocre arm and I had to play second base. Yeah, but you could turn it, man. Doesn't matter. <laughs> 
All right, uh, that was episode two, The Great Debate. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it as much as I did sitting here monitoring you two. Uh, I thought this was way better than the first episode, and I thought the first episode was great. So thank you, Brett, for coming on, debating Jason, and and telling him to shut up. That was the highlight of the no, show. No, it was awesome. But hey, so he and I have no problem with anybody telling me shut up. Shut but up. It was as long as I don't yell. Uh, you know but why? Why is Brett not in the new logo? Like maybe in the bleachers or something. I, I don't, curiosity. I, I don't know. I Brett and I we actually had a fun conversation about that a little <laughs> earlier today. So we'll leave that to the theater of the mind. We're not going to let the fans have a little inside baseball on that one. So. Uh, but sneaking out of one of the chairs in the background or something like that. Maybe we'll replace him with you. That's fine. You know what? Just let me know, please, because <laughs> th- th- I have no problem with that. We, I'd be you until know I start getting a check, dude. I have no problem with that. <laughs> All right, this, you get more listeners somehow. <laughs> this is a wrestling with sports, Brett. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Dennis. Thanks, Jace. Bunny, awesome. Thank you. I'll talk to you when I talk to you, clowns. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to this edition of Wrestling with Sports with Jason Kindle, Dimitri Young, sometimes Brett Boone, and myself, Dennis Farrell. Remember, you can listen to Wrestling with Sports on all major platforms, especially if you're a new listener. Make sure you rate, subscribe, leave a comment, and please, please, please tell your friends. We have a brand new RSS feed, so we're really trying to promote that, and we can't do it without your help. If you're on Twitter, make sure you follow Brett Boone at TheBoone29, Dimitri Young at D-A Meat Hook, D-A Duh Meat Hook, Jason D. Kindle 18 is for Jason Kindle, and myself, Undisputed DPF. I just changed it, by the way. Once again, guys, thank you so much. Every time you download and you listen, it means the world to all of us, and we keep doing it for you, so please... Please, please tell your friends. That's the way you can get back to us here at Wrestling With Sports. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook as well. Wrestling With Sports. That's where you can get some live videos. You can get fresh content that you can't get anywhere else. So, on behalf of the guys, thank you once again. Wrestling With Sports. Here at Wrestling With Sports, want to thank you for listening, our fans. And by doing that, we are giving away free stuff, contest stuff, essentially. It may be from Twitter, Facebook, many different ways to win, email. And we're going to tell you really quickly how to do it. Do you want to win a Jason Kindle personalized autographed jersey of the team he played on of your choice? Same with Dimitri Young. Do you want to win a whole bunch of baseballs or game-used batting gloves from Jason Kindle? Brett Boone autograph. We are giving that stuff away, many different things, bobbleheads, baseballs, posters, all kinds of stuff that they have just sitting around, and they want to give you the fans. And let me tell you really quickly, all you have to do, if you're on Twitter, just follow WrestlingWS. That's the Wrestling With Sports Twitter feed. Make sure you follow that. Retweet a few of our tweets. If you want to be kind, go ahead and follow Dimitri Young at da Young. Follow Jason Kindle at Jason D. Kindle 18. And you can follow me, Dennis Farrell, at Undisputed DPF. If you're on Facebook, go over and like our Facebook page, Wrestling with Sports. 
We do a lot of live videos there, some stuff that you may not see anywhere else, and share any posts you see. We're giving stuff away to people who share stuff randomly and contest winners. Maybe you're like, hey, Dennis, Jason, and Dimitri, I don't have Facebook or Twitter. That's all right. Shoot us an email at wrestlingwithsports at gmail.com and tell us why you should win something. Those emails, by the way, you're giving us permission to read on the air, and we will. You can win something just by emailing us. Now, the biggest way to get noticed is show us a picture and email it to us of you subscribing to the podcast on any major platform. Rate, subscribe, leave a comment. Show the picture of the comment, and trust me, it will get noticed. That's the biggest way for us to grow, and you're helping us grow, and we're going to reward you for helping us grow. We're all one big podcast family here, and we're just the guys that have some cool stuff to give away to you. So to recap, tweet us, you win. Email us, you win. Facebook us, you win. You win, and you get great content even if you're not selected. We're going to try to select as many people as we can. It's going to be random. It's going to be fun. And we promise you will enjoy us giving away random. Oh, Zoom meetings. We are giving away a ton of Zoom meetings with Jason, sometimes Brett, and Dimitri Young. If you have a young kid who's playing baseball, get a free lesson from MLB All-Stars. Maybe you're just a fan of the show and you want to talk to them. Hey, now you can win a Zoom meeting. We're just giving stuff away to you, the fans. We got a brand new feed here and we want to make sure you help us grow it. So please... Tell your friends, whether it's on Facebook, whether it's on Twitter, whether it is word of mouth, and let us know you're telling them, and we will do our best to reward you with all these cool giveaways. Impact Wrestling is now on Access TV. Catch all the action every Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Visit accesstv.com for more information. Don't forget, Slammiversary 2020 is on the horizon live on pay-per-view July 18th. Go now. Make sure you get that pay-per-view because last year was phenomenal. I should know I was there. I enjoy it. I One of the best pay-per-views of 2019 Everybody from other promotions even said so. Don't forget, you can start your Impact Plus 30-day free trial right now. Head over to plus.impactwrestling.com. And if you miss any of the Impact action, you want some exclusive Impact content, go to Impact Wrestling's YouTube page. Be part of the 3.5 million wrestling fans getting interviews, recaps, highlights, and much more. Search Impact Wrestling right now on YouTube and enjoy a ton of exclusive content.